bullshit, it's all just um gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A S. This shit is Trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb Gay Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in politics like we're talking about reality TV. I don't know if you heard, Mau Mau, but um, mm. the Queen of England died. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, no. it's if you, you know, I don't think, I'm. I mean, I say it all the time, but in this case... Pretty sure Terry Schiavo even knows she's... I mean, there is not a an inch of atmosphere where you can go and not encounter the poor queen. We here at Dumb Gay Politics <laughs> loved Queen Elizabeth II. She was uh, adorable as an older lady. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we never watched The Crown, as we no. were discussing earlier, but I guess now we're going to have to. I don't like history shows that are about current events. Yeah. Like, I like it to have been at least 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. However, okay, now she's dead. We're going to fucking watch it. And I don't know. Yeah. Um, and do the lead up and because, you know, whatever. We but, like her for our own personal relationship with her and yeah, our own yeah. not living in England, living here, visiting England. Whatever your relationship is to you, we liked her and we liked the way she made us feel. She became queen in 1952. She was like 17 years old. She's been reigning as monarch for 70 years, the longest living queen to have ever lived in a lifetime. And it's pretty astounding when you think about it. And not to mention, even though the monarchy is and was or is currently now and even in the 50s was a um, a figurehead or a thing for tourism yeah. or whatever, they really do, however, embody an ambassadorship in a way yeah. the, the whole thing is like they're ambassadors or diplomats rather than a queen and a monarchy they have become diplomats and ambassadors so for that you know people are always like we should get rid of them and what what do i need them and and i say this if britain wants to get rid of the monarchy then fine what they should do is they do a special election and have every single person who lives there who, who wants to vote vote and vote for it vote against it or vote for it you want to keep it or don't then vote for it but I'm sure we they're, are in no they're gonna do that. And they should. Yeah. They should vote for it because they pay for it. And if they don't want that that tourism, if they don't want that, or they want to turn that stuff into museums or those into historic bloodlines, then fine. But you know, f- the the this whole thing of goodbye good riddance to you and the anger surrounding her particularly to me is a little misplaced and a little inaccurate. If you want to talk historically about a monarchy, then we can discuss that and all of the colonization and all of that stuff. But Queen Elizabeth didn't do that. Queen Elizabeth II. So- oh, well, you, I, of course, remember where I was when I found out Princess Di had died. My mom loved, loved, loved Princess Diana. She 
you know, growing up, that was just always, you know, that was always like when you're a kid in the grocery store, it was like the first Brad and Angelina, you know what I mean? Right. Was Princess Di was on the cover mm-hmm. of every mm-hmm. tabloid and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I only will remember where I was and you'll forget. So it'll be a good thing that we were on the phone so I can remember <laughs> for you. I don't know where you were standing in your home. I was standing in my bathroom. It was the day I went to pizza with my parents. I was sick. I think I was on the couch. Okay. Well, and you were like scrolling through. First, you thought she was sick. Then you thought she was dead. I'm only going to remember. And we found out within literal moments of her dying. I remember now. Okay. God, this is happening now or else I would have (laughs) forgotten. I was on the couch and the news was on the television. And the scroll thing said like the. You didn't remember. I reminded you. You know, or you reminded me. Queen Elizabeth is, you know, in the hospital or whatever. And I was like, oh, shit. And then I was like, wait, what? No, and that's then, not how it went. Mm. It said Queen Elizabeth has died or something such a something you were looking at said she died. And you go, did Queen Elizabeth die? And then the next thing you looked at said she was under medical supervision. Oh, but then so we almost for a second remembered. I think it said Queen Elizabeth remembered. Oh, OK. And then it was like, wait, what? Remembered why? And then it was like, okay. did she die? Yeah. Well, that's exactly how it went. I was standing in my bathroom. I was getting ready to meet my parents at pizza. Mm. And I just knew I was like, well, my mom's in the car. She hasn't gotten the news. So I'm going to eat a little bit before I break it to my mom. <laughs> uh-uh. um, I was happy to be able to be the one to tell them. Then I for, then forgot. And then I blurted it out insensitively. But I'll always remember that just because... Um, because I was the one that ended up telling my parents. Um, whereas the princess die thing happens in the middle of the night. And I was like at a party like in high school or something. But I. I don't remember. I don't think I told my mom. I mean, I'm not sure, but it's not as exciting as like when princess diana died it's not as exciting because obviously she also was it, railroaded on, and kind of murdered in another but. way it's just so much it's sad so that's because it's so much more important it's like mm-hmm. it just made me go into this whole existential thing about how lucky kids won't realize the same way we didn't realize with and even though we don't live in england fine we never existed in a world where the 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 reigning royalty wasn't a queen mm-hmm. and that had whether we like it or not a positive effect on us as girls mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. now we're, we're white women and that's so and i'm sure but it's like for women period it's better to have a queen than a king <laughs> yeah and right. so it made me think about like I have before, but just really appreciate Obama and Kamala Harris and, you know, figureheads like that that aren't always just white men. Right. And now we're going to go back to a white man <laughs> bossing us around. But I really was and- I was sad. That That's what made me sad because it made me we sat on the phone and I thought right. about and talked about it. I was like, wait. Well, our, you know, and then we figured out our parents were alive when there was a king, which is so just bizarre. Weird. So weird. So freaking weird but barely i mean yeah you know what i mean they were still kids yeah when she became the queen yeah so it's very very bizarre and i do think part of him being a king will lead to people wanting to vote that out because we are clearly in a time of read the room right a white guy being the king isn't really the move right now right however kings aren't the move kings are not the move <laughs> just not the move. they are sorry just, they're not the move 
Now, this then led to the conversation of it really is a shame that Harry and Meghan decided to disconnect themselves from the family because they have a real a real shot at and at least the queen tried even though apparently she was a horrible bitch to Meghan Markle, I guess, from what we I, think I, I mean, was, I don't know. I, we don't know, but it was all the side people or and the she side was just people. treated poorly there. Right. She just was. Well, had they remained on as those ambassadors and as those diplomats, they might have been able to have a little help in transforming the, you know, the... Um, yeah, the post-queen. The, the post the, yeah, queen. the post-queen and trying to get a new sort of... I don't know what, right, what word to use. It's not diversity, I guess, or maybe it kind of is, or it's just, just inclusion and all inclusion. of it. Yeah. Inclusion. It is too bad. Inclusion. And I am sad that that they're not still there doing that. And hopefully they, they do and it works out. Um, but... It'll we be got, interesting we got to sad. see. We were like, it, you know, we we a, lost the queen. And it's a putting to bed of your own. You know, it's a page is being is being a chapter is being closed. I Our can't childhood believe Pee-wee or, survived and the queen didn't. Pee-wee survived. OK. <laughs> and we thought, honestly, Proof. when she died, I thought I thought she was going to outlive us. And I wanted that. I did, too, really. I mean, I can't imagine. It's just bizarre. I think she's really the first. It, her and Mel Brooks to me. <laughs> are going to be and of course my own parents but like and now Mel not Mel having Brooks them got to be it's very close yeah so it's just a world without these people which is your past your present your childhood your formative years i mean it really just says to you like wow i'm just now gonna die just deaths around the corner i'm completely like <sighs> annoyed that my teacup that i got in London and like tw- <laughs> like 2001 uh-huh. that had that was it had like a cartoon of the queen and the two corgis Oh, the corgis and this like the fucking handle broke off and I don't have it. And now the teacup I have now is Kate and and William like on the, from their wedding. And I'm like, oh, I don't have anything of the queen now. I know. I wish we had something from the queen. Damn it, and I it's too it. bad that the corgis are with the sexual assaulter, Prince Andrew. I know they are. I, I thought about that. I what a Prince bummer. Andrew might have gotten her the corgis, though. Well, Fergie got her the corgis, okay. apparently. Well, that still counts. And now he gets to keep the... He's going to sexually assault the corgis. And also, the best thing, though, that anyone can do if you're sad about the queen or, or having any thoughts or any feelings about it at all is to watch The Prince on HBO Max by Gary Gennetti. Yeah. Shout out The Prince. We loved that. And the, and it the... I thought about The Prince within moments of finding out her dying. Oh, and God. it's... No better way to celebrate all oh, of them than all. to watch that cartoon and everyone send Gary Janetti a message on Twitter and tell him you heard it here. <laughs> he was going to come. He's been about to come on the podcast several times and we Just haven't been able to through. make it happen. Yeah. But well, Kayla Malcolm Mamau sent her yes. in her picture okay. for the drug den bulletin board. Um, we love fucking Kayla. She's a huge <laughs> supporter of our Patreon podcast. She mm-hmm. created a discord for our Patreon podcast, whatever the fuck that <laughs> is or means. Mm-hmm. Um, so if any of you do Discord and you haven't signed up for our Patreon podcast, you have to check it out. There's a link to a free episode in the description of this podcast. Or you can go to our website, julianbrandy.com. That's where our address is and other information. Exactly. And we do two Patreon podcasts a week. Okay. They're both an hour and they're not even about politics. I know it's a whole thing signing up for shit. And I'm sure you have a million subscriptions and whatever. And we're all on a budget. I get it. But listen, think of it as self-care. 
like a, a like an ear massage for yourself. You get two hours a week to not think about anything real or stressful. It's just me and Brandy telling stories and doing drugs and being drunk and foolish. Yeah, and even and and going through sometimes our own trivial nightmares. Yeah, and it's you know you never know. It's been a weird year. <laughs> um, you can start with one dollar if that's all you want to pay at first, or you can go for the whole shebang and sign up for both podcasts for two dollars. Again, we do two a week. They're both an hour long. Mm-hmm. And after you listen, if you love it, you can up your pledge and access extra benefits. Like you can do three dollars, five dollars. Or you can be like Terry Sapp, who is a $10 <laughs> subscriber. And Terry has requested, you get a you get a personalized voicemail from Julie for, uh, to use as your outgoing voicemail as any character you want. I think that comes with like a $5 subscription. subscription. Mm-hmm. So Terry does $10. So she gets Jeez. to do like a gay guys and their feelings, but she's mm. still working on that, she said. But for now, mm. we've ar- we had already sent her, I think, the personalized outgoing voicemail, but... She has requested a new one. Tara is very active in Georgia <laughs> elections. She gets uh-huh. super activated. That bitch almost single-handedly, along with Stacey Abrams, got like Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff elected. Like she was out there doing the damn thing. Okay, so now we're coming up to the midterms in November. And Tara wants you to make her a voicemail, um, basically harassing anyone who calls her. Because her family, probably friends and family, are in Georgia. So she wants you to make a voicemail harassing people to get out and vote or early vote or whatever the fuck, vote by mail. She did not say what character, Mm. but I know and deeply in my heart and my soul that only Paula Dean can do this (laughs) message. So I, um, Tara, I made the executive decision that Mama will be doing Paula Dean when she makes your voicemail. You know, and it will be something such as ring, 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 ring. <clears throat> hey, y'all. Terry can't come to the phone right now. But this is Paula D here to tell you that if you live in Georgia, you need to get out there and vote November on November 8th. <laughs> vote November. <laughs> you get As, but only, oh, but if you're a white Republican, no, if you're a Republican, though, don't come out at all. We don't want your vote. Why don't you stay home and jerk off on your Confederate flags the way you like to do it? Only want Democrats coming out. You can only come out and vote for blue. <laughs> you should have been my mouth. <laughs> you should <laughs> only want blue votes. Blue, blue, blue. Also come to my restaurant. The vomit sisters. <laughs> Richard, you know what I'm talking about. If you want to eat and vomit in a bush, come to my restaurant. His, Richard's sister threw up on her way home next to a tree, but me and you ate a full damn meal. I and no we problem. didn't throw up at all. We were like, shit. We had a great fucking time. Um, uh, I'm going to sit my problematic ass at home, too. Yeah, the whole abused staff could have been nicer. Uh, they were all just great. I love Savannah. I love Atlanta. Yep. Fucking love it. Georgia. Uh, I mean, listen, if New if New Orleans didn't have our heart, we'd be in Atlanta yeah, tomorrow. I know. It's great there. But we will work on it, Tear, so that <laughs> we we're definitely gonna mm. want, you know, make sure to encourage in addition to harassing and bullying uh white male privilege, we're we're gonna wanna encourage 
people to make sure they do the midterms. Mm. They can vote by mail. Terry will help them. Terry will kick their ass if they don't. Shit such as. Don't try to come out into the line and tell people they can't vote. <laughs> Tara Sapp's going to come out there and kick your fucking ass. <laughs> That's good, my mouth. Also, leave a message at the beep. <laughs> it's too good. I mean, if that doesn't get people to go on the Patreon, get an Apollo Dean message, I don't know what will. My sons like to cook too. <laughs> They love coming in the kitchen and doing stuff with their mama. They're such coattail riders, those guys. My sister sits at the table and she eats the food that I make her and she just complains. No, that's her old aunt. Oh, that's my old aunt. I didn't know. We should go to Paula Dean land and go logging <laughs> and all that shit. So, Kristen Sorianato, meow meow. Mm. We love Kristen as well. She has been a Patreon subscriber for so long that her daughter, speaking of New Orleans, her baby girl was born on my birthday wow. when we did a live show in New Orleans. We were off just dancing for dollars at a live show in New Orleans, one of the best live shows we've yeah. had, one of the best times we've had. Yep. And her little daughter, Birdie, was born. And she's the same birthday as me. And Kristen's been posting pictures of her on the, our Patreon page. And I like think she looks like me. Too, oh, wow. I swear. I look at and she's she's really, she has a lot of personality, um, and she's really cute. Oh. And I'm like, I am in love with Birdie. My mom's dog's name is Birdie. Yes. And then Busy Phillips, she named her daughter Birdie too, and her first daughter's name is Cricket. And those are both my parents' dogs. That names. is bizarre. I mean, that's bizarre. Like they, my mom must wow. have. She's got a psychic connection with Busy Phillips, but I'll tell you right now, and she has a psychic connection with Kristen because mm. they both have daughters born on the same day, and they both have daughters that they named Birdie. That's weird. I hope one of these days your mom, with Birdie and Cricket, her dogs, get <laughs> to meet Birdie and Cricket, the people. At a, a random thing and they meet and they go birdie this is birdie and cricket this is cricket and then i just need it's that it's more likely that she meets Kristen, and then she can mm. meet that birdie and that, and that, that birdie would too. be good well Kristen finally sent her picture okay um she's a big old lesbo <laughs> i just assume um and mm. i love her she's she's i feel like she and and some of our communicating might have told us that she's Native American, maybe. Does that sound familiar? I don't know. I love that even more. Well, yes. I mean, which would explain why her daughter looks so much like me. That's true, because you have a, a nice percentage of Choctaw in there, <laughs> don't you? I I wish it was more. Yeah, no but, kidding. Mm -hmm. um, I do. Yes. Yeah. She says, "Dearest Julian Brandy, here's pics of me and Birdie." I don't really look like that anymore, but figured you'd appreciate looking at my 26-year-old wannabe actor self than my 42-year-old perimenopausal raggedy ass. Sorry this took so long. With big love, Kristen Sorianata. So she is giving us headshot energy there. Headshot energy. Very close up. Color. Looking great. I think she I probably mean, still does look I like that. I can't imagine you don't look no. any differently I than mean, that, Kristen. Come on. Yeah. She's really pretty and Birdie is just giving face. Giving, giving Birdie. Face. You yeah. know? Yep. And... Kristen did a, a wonderful, also cosmically connected submission for Patreon Idol. Yeah. Um, about a panda who goes to a bodega to get a chopped cheese. And my dog, my very first dog's name was Panda. So yeah. we're all just connected. 
You know, we're all just, um, we're all connected. It's, it's there. It's deep, deep in the bones. Deep connections. Well, let's go ahead and play her Patreon Idol submission because um, we just loved it so much and, and we want even more people to hear it. Oh. We will have a chopped cheese. Someday. The panda travels from China. This is called chopped cheese. To have a chopped cheese at a bodega yeah. in Brooklyn. The biggest dunk queen I ever seen was an out-of-town panda way out in Brooklyn. <laughs> yes, you heard right. It happened one night. Resurrection at first bite of a chopped cheese. A panda named Amanda from Hunana. No panda scamming. She left her home. She was mad. Had to be more to light the sea. And bamboo and being lonely walking down the street with my chopped cheese Ooh, motherfucker get me home i gotta eat these walking down the street with my chopped cheese Ooh, motherfucker get me home i gotta eat these oh my walking god down the where's my home where i stay at headline panda finds me like a bodega Beat is sickening. Yeah, yeah. It's sickening. The greatest lesson the I ever said. learned. Panda ain't a monolith. Fuck what you heard. Not all pandas gotta eat bamboo. She wanna eat chopped cheese. <laughs> and maybe some takis. <laughs> and maybe something else, too. Some pussy, bitch! <laughs> some pussy! <laughs> she a lesbo! <laughs> oh, my. And now it's time for JoJo and Kiki. Lock the doors, lower the blinds, fire up the smoke machine, and put on your heels. Because I know exactly what we need. Jojo and Kiki. I want to have a Kiki. Lock the doors. Hey, Jojo and Kiki. Motherfucker. I'm going to let you have it. Jojo and Kiki. I want to have a Kiki. Die, turn, work. Jojo and Kiki. We are going to serve. And work. And turn. And hunt, hunt, honey. All right. So this week, our vice president... Kamala Harris was on Meet the Press with Merkin Man, Chuck Todd, and through no fault of her own, the interview was lackluster at best. So we decided to do a quick and dirty and very phoned in JoJo and Kiki appreciation post. According to Vagina Face Chuck Todd, the number one job of the vice president is to be a good number two, Mama. I don't know if you heard him say that. No. Don't be loud. Don't make waves. Make the president look good. He, it was something that's practically a quote. So the fucking haters can fuck all the way off to Mars with Elon Musk because Kiki is the shit. If that's the number one job of the vice president, then she's done with flying colors. I mean, it hasn't even been two years and Joe Biden has already gotten so much shit done. Jojo and Kiki. And Kiki. Yes, that's right. There is no Jojo without Kiki. Okay. But what I will say is I don't know how keen I am on her PR team. Okay. For one thing, she's not out there that much and we believe she should be. But most importantly, we contacted her office and asked for her press kit and they ignored us. At first, I DM'd a woman on Twitter who works for Kamala Harris and she directed me to the press office of the vice president who then ignored. Of course, public opinion is going to be low if you don't get the fucking word out. Oh, they've done a piss poor job in my opinion everybody needed to weigh in on her laughing and and being positive as if the bitch wasn't a full-on prosecutor prosecuting sex crimes against children before becoming the attorney general of california before becoming vice president she shouldn't need to wear a grim look on her face for people to take her seriously that's Mm -hmm. fucking bullshit honestly she needs to grab the brilliant young girl who runs the (laughs) at vote kamala account on twitter who we had on this podcast Mm -hmm. to have her 
uh, run all of her press, yep. period. Yep. End of fucking story. Top to bottom. Doesn't matter that she has no experience. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what she has to do. That girl is so... She's capable of anything. Mm-hmm. She's so good. You can toss her in there and she'll be one million times better than the motherfuckers that are in there now. Sorry, but not sorry. That whole team needs to be fired. Yep. I'm telling you. And while they're at it, they can hire John Fugelsang full-time to write all of Joe Biden's speeches. He, he He's so good at explaining. He knows how to boil down the words so that, I, I don't want to say complicated concepts, but just things that can be confusing and words that can be confusing. Yeah. He makes them... Yeah, boil down. Yeah. He boils them down, and he also knows how to give the mode down with using, like, factual shit yeah he's like, like ratioing he, he can ratio the republicans <laughs> yeah. he can while building up everything biden's done and right. he does it quickly and concisely yes. he'd be a great speech writer he really would be. he's funny and he's a natural born salesman yep. same with at vote kamala yep. the, the girl from twitter you can't be in marketing if you can't sell and and her team kiki's team isn't selling kiki to my liking no me neither agreed and it's infuriating i mean what 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 did they do get a bunch of agents to go work there like at uta I'm yeah. sure if someone called my agent and requested my reel, they'd just ignore it. Like, Google it, bitch! But no, I don't want to Google it. I wanted the curated packet with the salient points. And if they didn't have one, then they needed to find one from another department or make one. Yeah, how about go ahead and do your fucking job? And it makes sense now when I, when, if you think about it, when we've heard about all the turnover in her office... Which, by the way, there was in Melania's as well. And I'm quite sure Hillary Clinton ran through staff like a hot knife through butter because Bill Clinton probably fucked them all. But either way, I can see why Kamala Harris is having turnover just from the two times we've spoken to the Biden White House press staff. Yeah. We called once during hot sake. We requested a seating chart for the press briefings. Mm-hmm. And now this. Both times we were initially responded to and we thought, oh, OK, we're going to we're going to we're going to get. They're going to deal with us. And then both times, Mm -hmm. the request ended up just being dropped and ignored. And it's not fucking cute. It's not. No, it isn't cute. And Kiki deserves better. And quite frankly, so do we. Okay? We are out here in these streets doing this shit every week. And we want to be an arm of the White House. Now, this podcast might be a poor monkey pox riddled arm with 14 fingers and no thumb. (laughs) But it's still a fucking arm to be utilized. It is. I mean... Shitty arm is still an arm. It's an arm. And here we are with our monkey pox and our 14 (laughs) fingers about to list off all the great shit that Jojo and Kiki have done since taking office a year and a half ago. It's like sometimes I just like I look, we have this mug sitting here that says I hate when I wake up in the morning and Donald Trump is still president. (laughs) Sometimes I wake up in the morning. I feel like still president. You know what I mean? Like it's been such a short amount of time. We can't be letting the honeymoon period wear off. We want Kamala Harris in our fucking eyeballs like every damn day. And I don't want to see her sitting there with vagina face Chuck fucking Todd. No. Only been a year and a half. They've done so much awesome shit. And I just want to say every one of these things that we read um, was met with resistance and nay votes from Republicans like yay or nay. They all gave nays. So every single thing you hear, even if it has the word bipartisan on it, it wasn't bipartisan. No, it's it was never. Not. There's been nothing bipartisan about this entire year and a no. half, including even within the even within our own side, people talking shit about Kiki. partisan partisan. Well, let's just start with the most recent, the Inflation Reduction Act that just passed. We did a whole Jojo and Kiki on it, but a rundown. It made a historic down payment on deficit reduction to fight inflation um, when it goes into effect it will invest in domestic energy production and manufacturing and reduce carbon emissions by 40 percent by 2030 Mm. i mean 
2030 is tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, That's literally, tomorrow. it's tomorrow. Um, the bill will also finally allow Medicare to negotiate for prescription drug prices, mm. cap senior drug costs, cap insulin costs, and extend the expanded Obamacare program for three years until 2025. We know we haven't been able to negotiate prescription drug prices. Right. That's been a huge, huge thing. That alone is the whole healthcare industry is about to get exploded and good. <laughs> good. I mean, reducing carbon emissions by 40%. That's almost half. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Which is in only seven years. I mean, yeah, it's incredible. On. That's incredible. It's, and you think any Republican wanted to do that? They don't. They want to keep fucking burn, burn, burning the fossil fuels. They want they want coal to come back, for God's sakes. And all like, these pharma companies that fucking fucked us up the ass with no lube during COVID. They're yep. sitting high on the hog for all the vaccines and the mm-hmm. prodaxifolium and all that shit. <laughs> it's all this fucking bullshit. Mm. They all... Made out like bandits and they can all take a fucking seat. Yes. 100%. There was also the Chips and Science Act. I really hope this means that it's like Doritos and Science Act. You know what I mean? That'd be amazing. I wouldn't even want to deal with science if I couldn't eat chips while I did it. Exactly. This includes a historic investment to surge production of American made semiconductors. Tackle supply chain vulnerabilities to make more goods in America, revitalize America's scientific research and technological leadership, and strengthens America's economic and national security at home and abroad. I mean, All amazing. Okay. Amazing. And again, Republicans didn't want to do that either. And you got to get that iPhone 14, bitch. It just came out. Let's I make saw. sure we don't have to wait 20 years to I get know. it from China. I saw that. I saw that. Okay, then there was the PAC Act, the Inflation Reduction Act, the Chips and Science Act. And then the PACT Act, they all happened in like the same two days. Uh-huh. The PACT Act is going to be the law that expands VA health care and benefits for veterans exposed to burn pits mm. and other toxic substances. This law helps provide generations of veterans and their survivors with the care and benefits they've earned and deserved. Yeah, these people, it's not just the people that are sick. It's after they die and they've got their kids and their dependents. And mm-hmm. those people need to be taken care of. Yeah, and this again was met with resistance from Republicans. This is when um, John Stewart had to cut. John Stewart had to come out and shame them for two years or whatever it was. He then, you know, they came out and he was that last press conference he gave and was telling them that they're a bunch of pieces of shit. And finally, uh, Chuck Schum was able to come around and help turn it around. But they kept voting. I mean, can you imagine voting no on that? And I can't imagine the fact that John Stewart has to go on all the Sunday shows to hold their feet to the fire. Like, I mean, it's do pathetic. your fucking job. The gun safety bill. He passed the most significant gun measure to clear Congress in nearly three decades. Okay. Not to mention he got us out of Afghanistan, which is America's longest war and went on for two decades. And he took out the new leader of Al Qaeda. 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 <laughs> you know what? Either way, you're dead. Yeah. Potato, <laughs> potato, motherfucker. The, the dude's dead. The gun safety bill is, you know, obviously there's always going to be a laundry list of things that people didn't get. Yes. But when you're talking about the the, the phrase, the most si- significant piece of blank legislation in history is literally after each one of these things. It's it's crazy. I mean, the Inflation Reduction Act alone is the most significant piece of, you know, environmental climate action in history. This right. gun safety bill is the most significant gun measure to clear Congress in nearly three decades. It's a big deal. It starts you. It starts with a drip. You know what I mean? It does start with a drip. And also, 
let's not even pass over him getting out of Afghanistan. And regardless of what you feel about it, I don't care if 50,000 people were killed when he pulled out. He pulled fucking out when no one else could do it. There was no easy way. There was no safe way. There was no good way it was going to yeah. happen. We started a disgusting war there or whatever for 20 years. It turned out not to be a war. It was more of a America's getting money with it's defense money contracting. Yeah. It was completely a thing where money was sieving through. The people were never, ever the only... I mean, the, the saddest part of it is that women are unfortunately being it's being reversed and they're the ones who are getting the brunt of it but hopefully and the only thing that i hope happens is we give guns to them and they can kill every fucking man that's alive in afghanistan so they can take their fucking country over the american rescue plan remember that it was only a year and a half ago but damn it honestly seems like five years ago the motherfucker <laughs> was in office two weeks and passed the american rescue plan uh, which changed the course of the pandemic by delivering immediate and direct relief to families and workers impacted by the covid19 crisis through no fault of their own this law was one of the most progressive pieces of legislation in history see it's on every single one of these yeah, things yeah. and built a bridge to an equitable economic recovery and i mean honestly you can see it around you. It's like COVID was fucked. It fucked a lot of people's lives up mm -hmm. and a lot of people got help. And I can tell you like just in our own experience here and we're obviously, you know, we're so blessed and lucky beyond so many people, but mm -hmm. you got to get a new laptop. It's like yes, all I think yes. I always think about the yes. fact like yep. of how that that money came and just was it was crucial for people it was crucial for people and i'm just just looking on the white house website looking at the like literally whitehouse.gov and just 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 this alone just the difference between if you went during when, when trump was there and this kiki uh, jojo and kiki administration with the american rescue plan there's a there's literal boxes you can click on I need help finding a vaccine. I need help getting health care coverage. I need help buying food. I lost my job. I need help with my rent. I have kids. I need help getting a rescue payment. I want to offer my employees paid time off for vaccines. My small business needs help. That alone should tell you something about these people. Yep. That wasn't there before. And not one time. And in fact, not during Reagan, not during any Republicans reign. Would that be there? Because they don't fucking care about you. Which leads me to the bipartisan infrastructure bill. <laughs> the, the, fake, <laughs> the fake Biff. The Biff. The fake Biff. Biff from yeah. Back to the Future. The bipartisan infrastructure law promises to rebuild America's roads, bridges, and rails, expand access to clean drinking water, ensure every American has access to high-speed internet, tackle the climate crisis, advance environmental justice, and invest in communities that have too often been left behind. The legislation will help ease inflationary pressures and strengthen supply chains by making long overdue improvements for our nation's ports, airports, rails, and roads. It will drive the creation of good paying union jobs and grow the economy sustainably and equitably so that everyone gets ahead for decades to come. Oh no, let's vote against it. Exactly. And look around. It's already happening. A lot of times we feel like these things, unless you get a check in the mail, like they just they go off into the ether. It's like these there are veterans getting those benefits from yes, the PACT Act. Right. And, and the construction is, is, is everywhere, everywhere. OK. And you can and like mm. that is attributed. Burbank got their money. Yep. I don't know about anyone else's city, yep. but I can tell you right now. Yep. Burbank got their piece of the infrastructure yep. pie because there's construction on every street. There's already been two construction projects. 
And when I say on my street, I mean directly in front of my house. I where I have like cones in my driveway. <laughs> yeah. I'm flipping off workers. <laughs> and that's just part of it. Just because, you, hey, you got your job. Yep, so that's right. That doesn't mean I have to be happy that you're here. That's right. You're not Biden. So I can go flip your ass fucking off when I have to go walk, do the walk of shame. Mm-hmm. And they're like yelling at you to get out of the driveway. Um, but mm. one of the things is my whole entire neighborhood and I mean, every street in my entire neighborhood is being repaved like that, yes, like the, the asphalt. It's like the mm-hmm. I have been I bought my house in 2004 and not the, the roads have not been paved once since then. And by the way, and by the way, let's just remember this. It's happening here because the money and, and this is as corrupt as California is. The money came in and it was dispersed. Yeah, that happened. The money has been given to other states and not dispersed. That's right. And that's because they're Republicans. That's right. So look it up. Check it out. Fact check it all day long. But that's part of it. It's so like if you if don't you're, see construction around. You better go to your fucking. Yeah. And that's a lot of people were trying to get relief in their own state and they didn't know how to it, access it. And that's right. because of their state legislature. Yep. yep. That's you know? right. Exactly. Exactly. And the, But the legislation is real and it works if your state's not <laughs> shit mm-hmm. and the construction might be annoying as fuck, but it's necessary if we want these upgrades that's and right. we do. And especially yep. we want people to have fucking high speed internet. Yes, everyone, everyone that only makes all of us stronger where we get fucked is the L.A. school system. Now, they they take the money and they don't put it to right. the and And so we have just a bunch of dumb idiot kids running around uneducated <laughs> because these fucking corrupt ass school boards. But Gavin Newsom makes sure that money gets around. He might put some in his pocket. We don't know. Take it. I don't care. But all I know is that shit gets done here because these yeah. people are having are, are dispersing the money. Now, JoJo's also dedicated the most funding ever by a White House to historically black colleges and universities. He reinstated the Violence Against Women Act. He implemented a ban on surprise health insurance bills. He rejoined the Paris Climate Accord. He banned federal officers from utilizing chokeholds and no-knock raids, like the one that killed Breonna Taylor. And he has appointed more judges than any other president since JFK at this point in his presidency. And last but not least, he has the most diverse cabinet of any president in American history, including the first female, first black and the first South Asian woman as his vice president. And he has put the first black woman on the United States Supreme Court. So park the fucking car, Greg. Hong Kong. Now it's time to tell you about some news that is hopefully just the TIP of the iceberg. All right, so last week, Steve Bannon was hauled into New York court and charged with money laundering, conspiracy, and fraud. And let's hope these charges are just the tip of the motherfucking iceberg. So just in case you don't know, don't care, simply don't remember, Steve Bannon is the diabolical Rosie O'Donnell lookalike who basically <laughs> built Donald Trump the politician. He should be known as Dr. Trumpenstein because he is the mastermind behind the MAGA movement. In 2007, way prior to Donald Trump's run in 2016, Stephen Bannon founded a far-right digital newspaper called Breitbart News. He spent almost a decade cultivating and indoctrinating the alt-right audience of Breitbart, which perfectly positioned them and him for 2016 when he became executive officer of Trump's presidential campaign. That's right. And then when Trump got elected, Stephen Bannon became one of his top aides. 
I'm sure Trump would have given him any cabinet position he wanted, but there was no way there was going to be enough votes in Congress to pass bloated-ass Steve Bannon. So Bannon became known as the man behind Trump, a disruptor hell-bent on ensuring that white nationalism had a seat in the Oval Office. And that he did. Bannon ended up leaving Trump's administration after eight months and taking his boil-ridden ass <laughs> on back to Breitbart, okay? Uh. so But his influence remained the entire four years of Trump's presidency and beyond. As we said in our interview with Scott Nevins last week, we joked, but Bannon's podcast was critical in the planning and executing of January 6th, and even to this day, it's on a weekly grind to get the Trump maggots to run for and take over all their local school boards. Well, last week, his fat ass got handcuffed and taken into court in the Southern District of New York and charged with money laundering, conspiracy and fraud. I hope they don't let him do his piece of shit podcast from jail. But, you know, you never you never know. I they mean, probably honestly, will. They probably will. He's such a disgusting lying sack of shit. While in handcuffs, he said, this is what happens in the last days of a dying regime. They will never shut me up. They'd have to kill me first. I have not yet begun to fight. Well, I hope they do kill you. I hope you I fucking mean, get from killed. from your lips, sir. Honestly. He's such a fucking tool. <laughs> I cannot even with that dramatic ass bullshit. It's like they're all... I don't even know what the cosplay is. It's like they're all in some fucking fantasy football version of politics. Like, mm -hmm. the QAnon people sitting up on 8chan and Truth Channel or whatever the uh -huh. fuck is thing... They believe, they all truly believe that they are in control of all of this. The way they all operate is to make these morons sitting on these social media platforms think that they're in charge. Right. And then Bannon goes and makes these archaic statements that further fulfill the prophecy. It's like when they all finally got through the door on January 6th and then they're fucking standing there with their dicks in their hands mm -hmm. like, oh, uh, looking at papers as if they know what the paperwork is, <laughs> as if the paperwork is even, it doesn't even matter. It was They were holding a session. It was like, it's just sitting there in binders. It's not like it's top secret. Oh no, they thought they were going to open up a three ring binder and it was going to go, okay, <laughs> like a trapper keeper. Yeah. And then it was going to open and go, page one. We hate democracy and Jews are running everything. Two. Yeah. Like, literally, this is the I really think of how we got Donald Trump. Two, we stole the election. Oh, yeah, of course. We didn't let yes. Donald Trump rightfully be elected. They're so dumb. They're so they dumb. They don't know what they're fucking doing. The only thing they knew even to begin to do was do violence, and they couldn't even yeah. do that. They didn't fucking find anyone or kill anyone or do anything. They didn't get their hands on one person in Congress. They're holding a bunch of worthless stacks of fucking paperwork that the congressional aides don't even want to fucking deal with it was no and then they went in they had to shit on the walls they had to sit in nancy pelosi's office yeah, they didn't, and they look had, at her stationery to do once they got literally in literally no plan it was dumb and embarrassing They're idiots and i'll never forget like i had secondhand embarrassment watching them hold the binders oh the binders was absolutely i would i would marry looting and have a million oh, of exactly. its babies. The fact you go into Foot Locker or CVS or whatever, steal it all. At, at least, least you knew yeah, what you were at doing. Least it's an ethos. You knew what you were doing. <laughs> these morons, morons, these idiots didn't even know what to do when they got in there mm -mm. except take a shit. They are the dumbest people 
who are alive yeah, within humanity. It's, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. And no wonder they're all fucking virgins. This isn't the first time Steve Bannon has been charged. Some of you may recall when he was taken off his yacht in 2020 by federal officers for basically stealing all the money from a GoFundMe account that existed to raise money to build a border wall that he never fucking built. Shocker. Yeah, this is exactly why he is um, indicted now. Um, that stupid fucking GoFundMe <laughs> was called We the People Will Build the Wall. No, you will. Mm. No, you won't because you don't do anything. Mm. You actually don't do anything. Mm-mm. That dumbass GoFundMe raised $25 million and not a single dollar of it went to building the stupid fucking wall. It appeared as though Bannon got the last laugh because, of course, um, with the federal charges, Trump pardoned him. But now the Southern District of New York brought him up on state charges and ain't nobody got a pardon <laughs> waiting for his ass now. But of course, he pled not guilty, but he faces anywhere from five to 15 years. And the other douchebags involved are already in jail because Trump didn't pardon them. We're hoping this is just the tip of the iceberg in terms of all the Trump people going down, specifically Trump and his fucking classified docu stealing. But to Bannon, we only have one thing left to say. Bye, Ashy. Now it's time for So There's That. All right, so this is the part of the show where I read a recycled intro, and Julie has to find a So There's That moment that's happening because of, or in spite of, the anus of the botched Brazilian butt lift that we are all living in right now. She hates doing it because finding a hopeful story to end the show on a positive note is fucking hard. Mm -hmm. And after almost six years of doing this podcast, it only seems to be getting harder. We are burned the fuck out. Jojo and Kiki are constantly being hated on. Joe Mandouche and Kirsten Jizima ruined Congress. The KKK have rebranded as the Proud Boys and they are thriving. The weather feels like it was delivered straight from hell. <laughs> Women's rights have been dragged back 50 years because of fake Christian Republicans. And now even CNN is going to pander to them, too. Mm-hmm. The midterms are in two months. It doesn't seem like it will really matter. Um, I think I'm waiting to have hope until those results come in. Uh, <laughs> waiting to have hope. The story of our lives. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I've completely given up on everything and I can't wait for next week when we are working on Johnny's TV show, watching men cry and dance for money and G strings. I can't wait either. I can't. I'm going to watch every dick flip and ball twirl. Yep. Like it was my last and my first. And you're going to commentate it to me and be like, look, 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 look. And I'm like, now, now I've seen him touching his balls for the past three days straight. He can't stop chubbing up his dick and I can't stop looking. Okay. It makes me, it's like, uh, it, it's, it's, it's like a watching a, a car wreck. Yeah watching a car wreck let's hope there's some um, pro- <sighs> prolific dick chubbers there i hope so i can't wait well another whirlwind week another whirlwind whatever the fuck now i don't want to jump the gun and say oh my god trump is about to get arrested because we know he's gonna get out of it and i just want to say i think it's entirely appropriate and also comical that trump is being allowed a master to look at the classified documents that Trump stole from the White House. Like, call the Oath Keepers and find a master and kill yourselves. Yeah, let's stop using that word. Let's stop. 
So this is going to fall into the well of, I'm just finding out about this, but apparently they've existed for a few years, but I'm going to shine light because this is awesome and I'm so happy I found it and them and they are just another brick in the wall of hope and knowing this exists, learning of this history, I feel excited to share with the group. Now, we are obsessed with the TV series, The Watchmen on HBO. Fucking incredible. We watched it twice. I admit. I had never heard of Tulsa, Oklahoma or Black Wall Street. Upon learning of this, we were led down a long and problematic rabbit hole that really just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, besides, honestly, the people that wrote that show, I can I believe to the core of my being that out of every single person who watched that show, Mm -hmm. The Watchmen. Yeah. You were the first if not the only person to look that up as if it were real. I 100% (laughs) thought that was fictional for the show. Mm. And you were like, is that real? Let me look that up. And you within, I'm like, and you're like, that was real. And I was like, oh my God, no one else looked that up for sure. No one else knows that's real. And we talked about on the podcast, but I'll never forget like thinking, thank God she just looked that up. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) or I should say white people certainly didn't know it was real. Right. Like, I think a lot of, it wasn't, I think anybody that watched the show probably just assumed just, that, just, that it was fictionalized yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. no one had ever heard of it, yeah. white or black. If you didn't yeah. live in, I'm sorry, but I think a lot of black people, if they weren't in and around Oklahoma, did not know that happened. That shit was buried. Yep. Yep. White people buried that. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Well, that rocked our worlds. And I believe it ha- had uh, somewhat to do with this earthquake that's already been going on in this country, rightfully so. And things started to reveal themselves, the 1619 Project, and of course, the bullshit narrative around critical race theory. This all started to happen around the same time. Yeah. Which has ultimately led to the discussion and debate as to how our American history will be taught in schools. We are huge proponents of telling the freaking truth. And as you know here, if you've listened to us at all, you know I love history. So when irrefutable facts are brought to the table, rather than run and hide and pretend and act like a victim, how about we face the truth and try and learn from it, evolve, and not make the same mistakes over and over and over and over again? And this is why I'm so excited to introduce myself and to you to the JXN Project. I'm going to read directly now from their website. The JXN Project, also known as JXN, is a research-based, reparative, historic, preservation, nonprofit organization that is dedicated to driving restorative, truth-telling, and redemptive storytelling by capturing the pivotal role of Richmond, Virginia, in particular Jackson Ward, and recontextualizing its origin story as the nation's first historically registered black urban neighborhood, which is an often undertold narrative in the evolution of the black American experience. That was very wordy. They could use a rewrite by John Fugel saying that was very wordy. So basically they're there. They want to bring to light black historic neighborhoods and, and, and the generational wealth that was once there. That was, I'm sure probably robbed from them. Basically right. That's one part of it. And they're starting with this place, Jackson Ward in Virginia. So are they saying that was the first one? This would have been, they're saying this is the first Black Wall Street. So this This predates the the, the Oklahoma Black Wall Street. And so this is really, you know, it's just amazing. 
So I found out about this organization yesterday, and I want all of us to know more. I'm going to read more from their website. On April 17th, 1871, the city of Richmond established a gerrymandered sixth ward known as Jackson Ward. Historically, this political district extended from 18th Street to Lee Street along the northern neck of the city. And while the ward began as an integrated community consisting of freed and urbanized enslaved black Richmonders alongside European immigrants, it would soon be segregated by gerrymandering, separated by redlining and saturated by gentrifying. However, the lineage of black Richmonders who forged a legacy in the ward and on whose shoulders we all stand is rich and rooted in resiliency. So... They then went on. There's a lot of information, but the name of this area was called Little Africa, Harlem of the South and Black Wall Street, and ultimately offering a blueprint as the birthplace of black entrepreneurship. So we go and you just do a little digging, a little, little, little digging. And there's so much information and so many um so much to learn from just this particular small area. And I'm going to lurk on the people who started this foundation so hard. They're two sisters called the moon sisters, and we're going to get them on here as podcast guests. So what I'd like to do now is play a video. Okay. Cause it will give more, it will give way more information. And I just figured let's, let's let that speak for itself. So this is from their website. Yeah. The Jackson project known as Jackson for short is a reparative historic preservation organization dedicated to research, restorative truth-telling, and redemptive storytelling. Birthed by the Moon Sisters, Anjali Moon and Dr. Sisha Joy Moon, two Richmond natives, the project is committed to uncovering lesser-known origin stories and properly contextualizing the pivotal role of Richmond, Virginia in the Black American narrative, wow. a region where, it is said, one in four Black Americans can trace their roots. Wow. That's Jackson's research is focused on Jackson Ward, the nation's first historically registered black urban neighborhood located in the heart of Richmond. Jackson launched in 2021 as part of the 150th anniversary of the ward. And to honor the neighborhood's sesquicentennial, Jackson hosted a year of programming, including community celebrations, panel discussions, and the installation of 15 honorary street designations. One of those is a tribute to Abraham Peyton Skipwith, who became the area's first black homeowner in 1793. Oh, wow. Skipwith lived a remarkable life, and as Jackson's research unearthed more of his history, he quickly emerged as the project's anchoring ancestor. In addition to owning a home in the South in the 1700s, he managed to secure his own freedom in 1789 in the wake of the American Revolution, while also becoming one of the first black men with a fully executed will in the state of Virginia. Holy crap. The Gambrel Roof Cottage Skipwith erected at 400 Duval Street, known as the Skipwith Roper Cottage, stayed in his family's hands for over a hundred years and in black stewardship until 1958, when the home was forcibly condemned and displaced in order to construct the Richmond Petersburg Turnpike. Now oh my God. The home avoided demolition, but encountered a more nefarious fate as it was dislocated to a former tobacco plantation Ugh. once owned by the Secretary of War for the Confederacy. That's so Considering dark. this storied history, Jackson has launched the Skip with Roper Homecoming, 
an initiative that endeavors to reconstruct the cottage for interpretive purposes, bringing the tangible history of Abraham Payton Skipwith back to its rightful home in the heart of Jackson Ward as a national landmark that will properly honor his life, lineage, and legacy. The reconstructed Skipwith Roper Cottage will serve as a historical, architectural, and cultural attraction consisting of an environmentally sustainable structure with on-site parking, operational offices, and outdoor green space designed for community engagement and placemaking. Jackson sees Abraham Payton Skipwith as the founding father of Jackson Ward, laying a foundation for the legacy builders to follow. The project is working to ensure he and his home are held with the same reverence bestowed upon this country's more traditionally recognized forefathers. Jackson believes the Skipwith Roper Cottage is Black America's Mount Vernon and Monticello, and in that same spirit, hopes that the reconstructed cottage will emerge as a destination of choice in 2026 when the United States commemorates the 250th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence. I love to their, learn more their about logo. this journey yeah. and how you can be a part of the homecoming initiative, please visit thejacksonproject.org and follow the project on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the Jackson Project. It's J X N like Jackson. Right. I just got that right. when I saw it written down. One of the most common ways that they that they sort of take neighborhoods that that are going to be up and coming or they're just normal neighborhoods and then they they ruin them ruin them is by by blazing a freeway through them that's like oh, right. one of the most common right. common things right right and then they just become areas of crime and and like very low income and just and just not because there's a freeway there it, there's right. no parks there's right. no like there's no communal spaces and it's funny like that name skip with I'm not familiar with it. I don't know if it's popular near Virginia, but it's almost like they just like erased him entirely because yeah, I've, exactly. I've never even heard anyone with that last name. Never, never. And that's what's so amazing about this. And when you for in my opinion, what these sisters are doing, what they're not what they're what they're doing is not only important specifically for Jackson Ward, for for the black experience for that specific area, but. It's also important what they're doing for this country by the way they are reframing the historical truths, which could really serve as a transformative teaching and research precedent. So this could be implemented for the history of women globally, any minority whose contribution has been silenced, undermined, or demeaned to make the victor or the white man look more powerful and more good. I am obsessed with these sisters. I'm obsessed with this project. I'm obsessed with history. And I'm so excited to learn more and see not only the information and the stories we will gain, but how the namesakes, the families, the regions, and the origins will help all of us keep our feet to the fire of the truth and importance of the past. So there's that. That's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Politics. Thank you guys for listening. We love you all so much. And we are so grateful for all 14 of you. All 14 of our fingers. Please consider joining our Patreon podcast if you haven't yet. It's $1 for one podcast a week. 
and $2 for two podcasts a week. There's no politics. There's no ads. There's no structure in those podcasts. There's no stress. And best of all, there's no pressure to join the Patreon. If nothing else, you'll be distracted from your own life thinking how annoying and problematic we are. And listen, we know everyone and their cousin Pat has a fucking Patreon podcast or some kind of subscription situation, but we just want to reiterate that with ours, you only pay for the episodes we post. It's not a monthly subscription, so if we go rogue and we don't post shit, it doesn't matter because you won't pay for shit. You only pay for what we post. Exactly. But you know what? We don't go rogue. We post two separate hour-long podcasts every week, and if you want to hear one, there's a link to a free episode of our Patreon podcast in the description of this episode. Or you can go to our website, julianbrandy.com, and there's a button on the bottom of every page that says, click to listen to a free episode of our Patreon podcast. If you like it and you decide to join, you can import our Patreon podcast into whatever app you're listening to this podcast on, like Apple Podcasts or Google or whatever the fuck. Or you can listen to them right on Patreon.com, where you can like and comment on the episodes, and you can also message us privately and other members of our Patreon family. And you gotta join if you want to be part of this group. And uh, some people have private messaged us um, when they've tried to join if they're having an issue. So don't try and pay because ours is is um, we don't let you pay up front when we started our Patreon. Um, that what option wasn't there to allow people to pay for the year up front. That's the only way I think PayPal or Apple Pay works. Your best bet is to just use a credit card you use for Netflix or whatever. And if you don't want to have a, something coming out of your credit card each month, um, I recommend getting like a gift card and signing up with that gift card so that you don't even think about it again. I mean, Good if idea. you want to pay for the year, go down and prepay for the year on a re and load up a, yeah. a, a gift card, mm -hmm. a Visa gift card, and then set it up. And it'll come right off that gift card. So that's the way you can prepay for the year. But you know what? I think life's too short to do shit like that. Um, you won't. I, I don't know how other people do it, but it's just like, fuck that. We, we, none of our tomorrows are guaranteed. Why pay in advance for them? <laughs> that's true. Um, and if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving us a review. We are hovering around 2200 right now. We'd like to get to 2300 by 2023. That's four months for 14 people to leave 90 reviews, okay? So please do like OG14 OG who went onto their mom's phone and, <laughs> and left a five-star review entitled five stars from my mom and then wrote in the actual review one step closer to 2300. <laughs> and that's what I'm fucking talking about. If we get to 2300, we're going to want to get to 2323 by 2023. Right. Um, right. But either way, that's still... 14 people to leave 100 reviews. So the next time you're looking through your partner's phone to see if they're flirting with their work wife, pop open Apple Podcasts, <laughs> search Dumb Gay Politics, and hit five uh, stars. I think it's absolutely wonderful. I love that you go onto your brother's phone. Go onto your sister's phone. Go onto any phone you find anywhere. Go walk through your cubicles. Just pick up a phone. I Why mean, not? mom, go on dad's phone and do it. I don't even know if you've done it on your own phone, mom, but yeah. I know my mom has done it. But go on dad's phone and do it. Um, Go on to somebody, go on your own phone and just make a new, new account. I don't think you can. Oh. Yeah. Can you, oh, okay. Well. But it's so easy to, somebody's like, can you help me? And it's like, hold on. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly it's been gay and it's been dumb. And JoJo and Kiki and Skip with. You don't even <laughs> want to know our next, our, our first baby is going to be Skip with and we're going to call her Skippy. Oh, I love it. How'd you do, I? See, you've met my faithful hand in hand. He's 
just a little brought down because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man by the light of day, but by night I'm one hell of a lover. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> Let me show you a rhyme, maybe play you a sign. You look like you're both pretty groovy. Or if you want something visual that's not too abysmal, we could take in an old Steve Reeves movie. I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat wheel. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite. From transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> Why don't you stay for the night? Night. Or maybe a bite. Night. I could show you my favorite obsession. I've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan. And he's good for relieving my tension. I'm just a sweet transvestite. From transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm just a sweet transvestite. From transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> So, come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation. But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. <laughs> But not the symptom. <laughs> <laughs>